Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, you are listening to Freight 360. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right. Welcome back for episode 117 of the Freight 360 podcast. It's December. Countdown to Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're listening, you can't see us, but if you're on YouTube, you can see Ben with the green background. It's very festive. And I've got Christmas lights behind me over here. So got my, my whole office decorated. Well, as much as I can without getting distracted. But uh, hey, we're coming up on year end, which is exactly why our episode today is all about tips for the year end and moving into 2022. It's always good to to reflect on how your year has been and use that as a way to plan out your your upcoming year. And we're going to dive into that pretty good today. Uh, But first, if you are brand new here, we're glad you found us. Welcome to Freight 360. There's 116 other episodes. Just go on our website and you can get the entire library of all of our episodes, all of our blogs, videos, downloadable content. Um, the, The most recent 10 or so and everything moving forward uh, for episodes will be on YouTube in video format as well. So check those out and um, make sure to subscribe. You can do that right on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or a lot of these other smaller podcasting sites that pick up from the RSS feed. So, And leave that review. Leave that review. So, Ben, what's new in your, uh, in your neck of the woods? Well, coming out of a cold front, it was a little brisk, so it was in the... I'd say low 60s, low 70s for the past week. So I was bundling up. It was pretty chilly. It's supposed to get warm today and tomorrow. You've got snow up there, though, right? <laughs> yeah. We've had snow for a couple of weeks, but it's been like teetering above and below freezing. So it doesn't really stick or, or compile or really um, accumulate at all. Um, but, you know, it's definitely wintertime. So, yeah, it's getting cold. I got countdown. Uh, to the, I got hacked. Countdown to the, I had a hacker attack uh-huh. me and steal my cryptocurrency. So I'm not a big crypto guy, but I had a little bit. And uh, someone hacked my email and my cell phone, and ported my phone number to a different phone, and was able to pretty much take over my life for about uh, 12 minutes yesterday. But they got some money out of me. But hey, you know, there's risks and everything. Apparently, got burned. Yeah. But uh, anyway, exciting stuff. So um, we've got a, uh, a, new, a new little uh, sponsor series here from Rose Rocket TMS. We're going to actually have a rep on from them next week to talk all about TMS platforms. And because we get the question all the time is what TMS should I use? And we're going to dig down deep into the tools that are out there, a lot of the new features with a lot of these companies that are out there. Um, so we're going to talk about our friends over at Rose Rocket real quick. Modern trucking companies need modern software. Say goodbye to spreadsheets, manual processes, and contentious phone calls with your partners or customers asking where their freight is. With the Rose Rocket transportation management software, you can automate every part of the order, from automated order entry to self-serve quoting to advanced dispatching and on-demand track and trace. Rose Rocket makes running your business easier and more efficient. Visit the link in the episode notes to get the best price and learn how the Rose Rocket TMS can streamline your business operations. We, hey, we both checked out a demo of that platform. It's pretty slick. I like it. It's a great product. System. So, <clears throat> yeah. Did I say that word right? Contentious. Yeah. It's a big word. It was. I think you pronounced it contentious. Contentious. I, I think oh, it I is contentious. contentious. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, definitely check them out. There is a link. If you go to the show notes, there's a, or if it's on YouTube, if you go to the description box, there's a link to our affiliate section on our website. You get the best price on Rose Rocket and definitely check out a demo if you're looking for a new piece of software. Obviously, we've talked about a couple of them before. Um, We're affiliated again with Ascend and now with Rose Rocket. And they really, you know, they're for different types of folks. So depending on if you're brand new or if you've got a small team, one might be better over the other. But definitely check out Rose Rocket and and give them a, a shot at a demo there. So on to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, sports. The boys um, had a good week. <clears throat> Mine not so much. Well, yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving, Josh Allen is undefeated on Thanksgiving now. He's played two games in the last couple of years and got to eat the big turkey thigh at the end of it or the, whatever it was, the turkey leg. Uh, but, yeah, just a real nice win over the Saints. It was a, it was a very offensively strong game overall and um, defensively as well. So, Glad to see it. I will be at the Monday night game here in Orchard Park against the Patriots this upcoming Monday. So I'm super excited to, to see how that game goes. Buffalo's favored by, I think, three points. And it's a huge game, right? I mean, you've got the Bills, seven and four, right? Yeah, and then these eight or the eight and four Patriots, who I don't they haven't had a bye week yet. But anyway. Whoever wins that game is going to be in first place in the conference because or in the division because Buffalo already has the tiebreaker over New England and with another win against them on Monday that'll be huge because they could be tied at the end of the season and they still win the division. But I'm excited. I don't even know. It's going to be an awesome play. game. Yeah, I don't know who the Steelers are playing. They got crushed last week. I mean, been a Steeler fan my entire life. I was telling you this yesterday. I was talking to my dad. I said, "What was your thoughts on the game?" He's like. I've been a Steeler fan since 1957. He was like, that was the worst game that I've ever watched my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. Who did they play against again? Do you remember? The Bengals. Yeah. And they just got it was like 41. Too, right? so. Yeah. Both AFC North. I think yeah. it was like 41-6 or 41. I don't know. Well, you guys are playing very, very well. uh, Baltimore this weekend. So I, don't I can tell a, you I don't Pittsburgh. I have a lot of hope for Pittsburgh in that game. No. But, hey, Neither we'll see. Really, anybody else? People are still saying Bills are going to be in the AFC Championship game, and I'm I'm hoping so because the Titans have fallen apart. They pretty much lost their entire offense. So, yeah, it's just rough to see that. But as a Bills fan, I guess you know sports. Yeah, you know everything's kind of going the way game. that we want it. We want in a weird way, but anyway, anything else in the sports realm? Not really. Getting cold. I mean, everywhere else anyway. Very true. Well, hey, let's give a shout out to our friends over at DAT before we hop into the episode today. Taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT Load Board Network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners, Plus, you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. And with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Get a free month of Trucker's Edge. Um, power. Power and or an Express. That's right. Um, <clears throat> speaking of DAT, and this ties right in with the episode today. We have the sales webinar coming up December 15th, so a couple weeks. And this is huge because we're going to talk a lot today about getting ready for next year and closing out this year and sales is going to be the input to your operation, right? Putting more business 
into your company is going to result in more profit. So um, make sure to register for the webinar. There's a link in the description box or the episode notes. And there's also, we'll put one up on the website too, and we'll make sure we're emailing all of you guys out as well. But this is going to be a great webinar. Very, very sales and prospecting focused. A lot of good tips in there. I'm looking forward to it. So mark your calendar. Save that date, December 15th. That's two weeks from this week. So yeah, sign up. And a good time. Look forward to it. All right, year end. Year end. So it's December. Believe it or not, 2021 flew by. We're still going through a pandemic, and I don't think anyone pre- predicted that you know a year or so ago. Um, but there, that's the whole thing: is you've got to in in life and in this business as well as you have to expect for unexpected <clears throat> things to happen, right? And things to throw you off, and you have to readjust and recalibrate your your plans as things change, right? I think there's a quote saying, the only thing you can expect is to be, you know, expect the unexpected or something like that. I don't know. Someone, you're the Proverbs guy, man. I I shouldn't be the one giving the quote. My my favorite one along that, that, I guess, whatever you want to call vein is man plans and God laughs, right? And the one you're thinking of is, I think, the only thing that you can expect the only thing you can expect is the unexpected, is I think the quote you were, it's something along those lines. But yes, correct. Something like, like that. There's got to be a good quote. But uh, the, anyway, the point here is um, we want to talk about goal setting and realigning your goals, tracking your goals, and looking at your goals throughout the year, not just at the beginning and at the end, right? Um, because you could lose a customer. You could gain three customers and have to hire somebody, right? A lot of things could happen that change your business and your and your, your plan for your business operation as well. So that's why I want to talk about this. So I, I kind of want to start off here and, and talk about something that I've done historically that has always worked for me. And it, honestly, it came from just best practices in the in the military is, you know, you have a tentative plan and mm-hmm. then you refine your plan and you conduct your, your business, your operation. But you're constantly refining that plan as things change, right? So what I've always done in, in the business world is if I set goals at the beginning of the year or you know at year end for the next year, I'm going to at least do a, a quick hot wash recap on where I'm at in the middle of the year, right? If not quarterly. Mm-hmm. And I even like now, I'm looking at numbers monthly, Right. And obviously, I'm not I'm not slinging freight right now. I'm, I'm overseeing a, a network of a bunch of brokers and agents. So I'm I'm looking at it from a higher perspective, but I'm tracking a, a bunch of our our reps and agents numbers on a monthly basis. And when someone's new or they have a new employee, I'm looking at that stuff weekly. I'm, I'm very into it. So I guess the big takeaway here is don't wait to the end of the year to figure out if you met your goal or not. Right. You should be tracking this stuff all along. Um, cause that will tell you if you need to make changes or not, what's working, what's not working. Right. Well, here's the other, the way this was also explained to me really early on. And I was not an advocate of goals when I first started, like long time ago, before I had my first coach, before I got into sales, like I was like, this seems like a just tremendous waste of energy to try to guess where I'm going to be. Right. That was like my take long time ago. And then somebody, somebody used an analogy of like archery and they went, if you just stood and fired an arrow in the general direction of a target, right? Which is basically what you're doing. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, like, how do you know where to change your aim moving forward? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you just fired in the general direction, maybe you hit it, maybe you don't. 
Let's just say you shoot it over the target. Do you know that you can shoot it lower because you don't know where you aimed in the first place? And for some reason, like that like clicked with me. And it's this feedback. If you don't have a target right set, you don't know where you fell within it. Like, are you above it? Are you below it? Do you need to ramp things up? Do you need to find more time? Are you burned out? Like, you literally don't know how to evaluate your results if you don't know what you were trying to achieve in the first place. Yeah. You need both of those things to know whether or not you should do more or less of anything yeah. moving forward. <clears throat> so think about this in brokerage, right? If you are doing the same thing every single day or week or month for your prospecting and you never change anything, the only reason your numbers are going to ever change is for factors outside of your own control, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody just happens to pick up the phone, right? Or a customer just happens to get more business or a, a customer drops you and you've got less business, right? This is why you need to take control of what you actually can have an impact or control over, right? Which is going to be things like the volume of calls you make, the niche that you're prospecting in, the way that you're contacting your customers, the amount of times and the way in which and the frequency of your follow-ups, right? The way that you're opening up your cold phone calls. You've got to constantly refine this stuff. And if you're, especially if you're brand new, right? It takes a while to find your voice on, on the phone and figure yeah. out what makes you, you've got to feel comfortable and it's not going to be the first time you pick up that 300 pound phone. It's repetition. And I think what a lot of people will find out is like we talk about 100, 120 calls a day, right? When you get really good at it, you don't need to have those numbers anymore. And you might be prospecting too much and not be able to take care of your existing business yep. if you do that. Uh, so it's constantly refining that stuff. So for example, let's say somebody had, um, they set a goal for, you know, I'm going to do X amount in business this year and they are short on it, right? There's going mm -hmm. to be a lot of factors that you can look at, such as quantity of contacts, um, you know, what procedural things were going on that may have held you back from reaching those goals or what, what were your wins too, right? You have to celebrate your wins and you've got to learn from your losses, um, so well, you pointed out right? something, Go ahead. but you pointed out something that's really worth diving into a little bit, right? There are so many reasons why your results could be your results at the end of the year, right? So first and foremost, right? Like it could be that like maybe you didn't make enough conversation or inroads with other points of contact in your customers. Maybe it was that like you couldn't cover as many loads, which everybody ran into this year was a tight market, right? Maybe to get your goal the next quarter is maybe like you need an assistant to be able to help you cover loads you already have. Like maybe you have the business and you're not efficient enough at moving it. Maybe it is that you don't have enough access to business. Maybe it is that there's not enough of you to go around and you can't get your head above water. Like there's a number of reasons why you may or may not be where you wanna be, but again, without looking and digging into where you wanted to be in the first place, you first don't know if you reached it. And second, you don't know if you need to change things, bring somebody on, do things differently. And that's the that's what we're getting at, why you should be looking at these numbers. Yep. Because the one thing, the other thing you were when you were talking, it was just hitting me like, every time I've done this with a client or as a broker, when I was a manager and had a team underneath me, right? Every agent that I would bring in and say, hey, what's your plan for next year? I would say the overwhelming majority, right? Eight out of 10 people would tell you their plan for next year to grow 
was something that was going to happen. And it was exactly what you said, like organically within their own customer base. Oh, this person said this project's coming in January. This one's coming in February. They're going to be doing a lot in spring. So I should already be doing about 25% more than I did last year. And then when you always get to the point, which is the whole point of the conversation, which is like, what does your activity look like? You know, where is the new business coming from? There's always this justification of it's going to come from my existing customers. And it may, but you still need a plan on like where, because yeah. I guarantee you that customer doesn't know which business they're going to have in February right now, yeah. unless there's a contract. And usually these are things that are honestly like deflections from the reality, which is you've got to pick up the phone. Yeah. You have to do outside input to create an increase in your business. Like it's just not going to fall out of the sky because we want it to. So I want to add on to that too, is, you know, the, the whole concept of adding new business from additional customers. So if you're, you know, if you want to take the the extra step and go a little bit further to be really, really good at at goal setting and making your business better, you should really refine down and look at a certain customer and look at the profitability of certain lanes, and then compare that profitability to how much time it takes you to manage that stuff. So I did a, I did a bit of a in depth um, research type of project thing with a bunch of my agents a couple of years back. And we looked at customer by customer, what their average, uh, profit dollar amount per load was and their profit margin percentage. And it, it surprised me that some of these folks were honestly, they were spending a lot of time on like 5% margin business or 3% yep. margin business, or they're taking losses on certain lanes. And we've talked about it in the past. You need to quote unquote fire a certain percentage, maybe five to ten percent per year of your business, because there's more there's more beneficial and more profitable business that's out there that you need to be striving for. So take a look at your customers, look at days to pay, look at because that could affect your commission when you get paid for some of you W twos out there, um, or if you get paid at all, right? Some companies if they don't pay in sixty days, you're not getting your check. Um, but look at lane by lane, customer by customer. What's their average, um, you know, revenue? average profit dollar amount per load and the, and the margin percentage on it. Well, there's one other thing I want to throw in there. And every person I've ever coached that had a book of business that is my client, we've done this with. And we do it within like the first quarter because and without a doubt, every person I've ever worked with, we found this. There was anywhere from one to two to 10% of their customers. They didn't realize one, weren't nearly as profitable as they thought. And two, there's the subjective nature to it, right? Which is those usually, and again, it's anecdotal, like they're just things that happen to happen with my clients, but those tended to be the ones that also took up their most time, yeah. made the most phone calls, sent the most emails, needed the most updates. And you're like, so the clients that you were the least profitable on when you looked at them also were the ones with the most issues, the most headaches and took up your most time. They're like, I didn't even realize that. And it's like, okay, now that you can objectively look at this information, now's the time of year where you want to start, yeah, you don't fire them and say, I'm not going to help you with your loads tomorrow, but start making the decisions of, hey, maybe this customer is a better fit for another broker in our agency. Maybe another rookie coming up like can learn the business by handling this. They don't need their first customer. And that was usually like how I managed my new people on my team. Hey, this customer isn't a good fit for me. They're a buck 25 a load. They need a lot of work, but guess what? You have no customers. This will get you used to covering loads. It'll get you used to talking to a customer, get you help you find your voice to your point. Yeah. So even if these customers might not be a good fit for you, hey, I mean, there's nothing better than be able to go back to your manager, your boss, or someone else on your team and say, hey, look, this might not be a good fit for me, 
and why and say, hey, maybe this would be a good fit for you. I think you could probably benefit from working with this customer and maybe referrals that you could find through it, stuff that maybe you as a tenured broker don't have time to do. Yeah. So, and that, you know, that's one of the factors that goes into setting your goals. So like, for example, 2022, right? And there's no perfect formula. Everyone's going to be different, but you should look at your existing customers, right? What percentage of them are going to grow? What percentage of them are you going to lose? Or in the situation we just explained, you know, maybe they're not going to be your customer anymore. Maybe someone else will work them, or maybe you just get rid of them in general because it's not a good fit. Um, and then how much new business will you bring in? And I will tell you, if you don't, if your goal for 2022 is not bigger than 2021, obviously it's a bad goal. You should always strive to grow. Um, unless your goal from 2021 was terribly high and you said it wrong, but your, your goal should be to grow from what you actually produced this year. And it should be a That's realistic important. number, right? You shouldn't say I'm going to triple in size next year, unless do you Here's really think you will. I don't know. But here's the next thing, right? So one, I think that's a great point. You do not want to base next year's goal off of last year's goal. You want to look at where you ended up last year and what your goal was, if you had one, and and ask yourself the question you just pointed out. How far were you? Maybe you hit it. Maybe you exceeded it. I mean, a lot of people in our industry did. Maybe you didn't, but you want to know like how close was that? The, the other thing that's really important about goals is even if you come up with your annual goal, like where you want to be at this point next year, you want to take that number and divide it out to an earlier point you made down into a monthly and then weekly number. And then look at that weekly number compared to what your activity was last year. So if you made an average of 30 calls a week and you didn't hit your number and it's bigger this year, okay, well, we at the very least need to up that number. And if the next question is, I didn't have enough time to make any calls last year, well, we're at the next phase of the strategy point, right? Like, yeah. okay. Now we're looking at where do we free up time to get what we need if we really want to go where we said we were going to go. So that's why, and for those on YouTube, you can see I'm holding my handy-dandy calculator here. This is why I love to break things down into bite-sized goals, right? So let's say you're W-2 and you make 20% commission and you want to make $100,000 this year. Well, you know that $100,000 at 20% commission means you've got to do 500K or half a million in profit for the year, right? So then break mm -hmm. that down. What does that come out to a month? Well, it's 41,600 and change per month. What does that come out to per week? Because you can track your weeks as well, right? So over 52 yep. weeks, it's just under 10 grand a week, right? So mm -hmm. if, you can, if you can aim for 10 grand a week, you'll know that, and that, hey, that's a pretty lofty goal. Um, but that's also assuming you don't have a base pay, right? So you can obviously calculate that in. But that'll, that'll help you figure out what do I have to produce each week or each month to reach my goal by the end of the year, right? And also, if you don't hit that goal your first month, don't just give up on it and change your goal. You have Freak to it. look at what happened this month, right? Because we don't. Not every mm -hmm. month is the same. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna those goals down. short short little anecdote. I had a client Monday I was working with. I've been working with him for about a year now, and he wants to double his income this year. And when we walked through the numbers, looking at next year, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he told me on our call Monday, he's like, Ben, like, I've just been overwhelmed. He was, and I was like, all right, well, tell me about it. And he's like, well, you know, I said I wanted to double my income. Like, you know, he was making about 75. He wants to make 150 next year. And he's like, you know, that's like 12 grand a month. And he's like, you know, 144, 150 a year. And then like, that's where your mind goes. 
And that's when you said bite-sized goals, this is exactly what we're talking about. This guy's name's Jim and he's like, he's like, Ben, I'm just overwhelmed. I thought there's way more money than I've ever made. I feel like I'm not gonna have enough time. And then you just go down this rabbit hole, right, of just worry and anxiety. What your mind doesn't do when you look at a goal that is an amount of time less than 30 days. So 30 days is as far as you wanna go. For planning purposes, you go out to a year and then you come back to it for goals that are achievable and in a in a time frame that works for you, yep. right? Yeah, like oh, yeah. the human mind. We look out, anything more than 30 days, we really can't evaluate. So then you break it down into a week and that's exactly what we did. And Jim's like, you know what? Like I only need to make like 15 more calls per week to actually hit this goal. And I was like, okay, so like we're close. And it was like, okay, well, plan that a lot of this business might not come through. What's a you know an average number? He's like, all right, so we're gonna increase it, you know, 30 calls a week. And he feels like he's gonna be able to hit it. And when you look at that, 30 calls a week, divide that by five days, right? That's only six, six more phone six calls, calls a day. Yeah. So it would seem like this overwhelming goal when he looked at it on an annual basis, once we got it down all the way into these bite-sized numbers of like, okay, how much time does it take to make six more calls a day? I don't know, half an hour to an hour. Okay, found an extra 45 minutes here, an extra 15 minutes here. Now all of a sudden, it's just a shift in his schedule. It's not this giant leap across the Grand Canyon of you trying to get from where you are to some place you've never been. Yep, it's all about just finding the efficiencies in our process. Like think about this, and this is kind of a, a weird analogy, but the same one gallon of gas that got a car 12 miles a gallon years and years and years ago can get a car 50 miles a gallon, that same one gallon of gas. The gas isn't any mm -hmm. different. It's the efficiency and the process and the engineering that went into it, right? And like you just said, he can shift his his schedule around a little bit more and he still has the same amount of hours in a day, right? But he can yep. he can have that result in a higher output. So um, I like it. Well, I, I don't want to take up too much time on talking about goals. What I do want to hit on too is I, I want to talk about what to expect the next month as we wrap up the year, and then what does a year, uh, the beginning of the year look like? So um, depending on what industries you work in, um, the, I would say the, the overwhelming majority of customers tend to have a, a slow end of December, right? You get close to Christmas, and a lot of people, you've got whether it's they're taking time off or they're doing their inventory getting ready for the next year, um, you can expect a lot of manufacturers to lower their shipping volumes in the tail end of December. And that's just a reality. It has nothing to do with you, which but what it does do is it gives you a lot of opportunity to make phone calls, right? People aren't busy yep. trying to book trucks. They're in there trying to get organized. And this is a great way to establish relationships and rapport going into the next year. Like, so context, and, and this yeah, is what I want, I wanted to add this too, because I just looked at Thanksgiving's numbers, because the same thing tends to happen on Thanksgiving week. Everybody yep. knows the market tightens up, it gets expensive. So if you looked at the week prior to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving week per DAT, um, Thanksgiving week dropped, the spot market dropped 41% load volume from the week before. That's huge. Now, the That's other interesting thing was Thanksgiving week though this year was still 35% higher than last year. So context, right? Even though it might seem like it fell off from the week before, like it's still literally 30% more than it was a year ago, right? So keeping these things in mind, and the other thing I wanted to point out was like, I got to sit on a webinar the JOC did with the uh, executive of the LA port talking about what's going in, what's coming into the country and the supply chain amongst the countries. And what's going on with the pandemic is it's slowing ships 
actually loading in China as well. It's not just on our end. And they're saying that inventory is so low across the entire country that even though you're gonna see slowdowns like you normally do at the end of the year in manufacturing and construction and the normal industries, there's still such a shortage in inventory for what we are consuming as a country that the market's not likely to loosen up that much. Like mm. comparatively from what I'd read to previous years, at least, you know, that's kind of what the, that's a good point. The gist of it was. That's something I didn't think about. Um, yeah, this we, I mean, we are in a very unique time. So you've always got to consider those outside factors. Now let's talk about the beginning of a new year. What can we normally expect there? Um, I will tell you that, in my personal opinion, and what I, my personal experience, I should say, is I've seen a ton of customers that they have massively large Januaries, super, super busy, right? They get in there and boom, because you got to think too, these companies, they're not transportation companies, right? They are a different business and they have their own goals and their own customers and their own things that they want to do. And then they want their bosses are telling them, get orders out as quick as you can. Let's have a strong start to the year and set the tone. And that trickles down and becomes transportation eventually, right? And we see that in the brokerage side. Um, but again, you, if, you're, if you're a produce person and your harvest time is in January, don't expect to have a crazy January. This is a good time to okay. prospect other stuff. So just keep it all... Keep it all in, uh, you know, but keep it all relative, I guess. I think that's another really good point, too. I think a lot of people look at the end of the year and they go, hey, things are going to slow down anyway. And that's the general feel kind of in the industry towards the holidays because of what normally happens in January. But like this is a very different year for one. Two, I would point out that if you have time now because your customers are slowing down you're also likely the same person that probably didn't have enough time when you look at your call numbers, you probably didn't hit the numbers you wanted to last year because you probably were busy moving freight and finding trucks. Everybody was trying to find trucks all year. So take advantage of what seems like a lull and turn it into what you pointed out, getting in ahead of things. You're not gonna flip a customer to move a load in two weeks anyway yep. or in three weeks. So start calling these people because they're likely to not be chaotic. And this is the only time of year where you might get a sales manager or you know a you know shipping director or a point of contact that you've not been able to reach all year because yep. they are dealing with their year end and they're willing to talk to people. Absolutely. And one final tip before we get into the Q&A. This is a great time of year to send a handwritten holiday or happy new year's card to your go-to prospects and customers. I do this every year with my folks because it's not it's not like a hey, I'm trying to look good. It's show your actual appreciation because I'm telling you that when you build a relationship and the rapport with something like that, it goes a long way. It makes you feel better about who you're doing business with and it makes them feel better about who they're doing business with as well. Little stuff like that, you can't even put a, a dollar amount on how valuable well, it is. I was just going to say this. I was listening to an episode on another podcast last week that was talking about this, planning for year end. They're like, it's not about the money you spend on your clients or your vendors or your relationships. It's the sentiment, right? It's the fact that it's a handwritten note that has something in there, right? That means something, right? Like it matters more about really the emotion than it does about the actual thing. I mean, you could spend $200 and it really is it going to matter as much as maybe if you did a handwritten note, you told them how much you appreciated them and what it means to work with them throughout the year? That's yep. the stuff they're going to remember. 100%. Uh, i got a few questions here, but first, I'll give a shout out to our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. Again, as a reminder, we will have uh, Trey Griggs on here in a couple weeks to talk all about whatever we decide to talk about, I guess, that week. Because you know whether it's staffing, tech, marketing, or sales, 
Lean's got a solution for any of those. So um, we, we mentioned earlier, right, one of the things that could have happened this year is that you, you added a bunch of customers. Maybe you need to hire some um, some folks and some employees to fill seats. Lean's nearshore staffing model is going to help you do that at a fraction of the cost as you would be able to do it with a U.S.-based rep. Plus, you don't have to worry about training them from scratch um, or worried about if they're going to actually be there or quit the next day because if you have Lean on your side, they've got a team of folks. So if somebody um, quits or gets you know moved around, they're going to backfill that person with somebody else that is trained and experienced. So check them out. LeanGroup.com. There is a link, again, for our affiliate section in the show notes. We have more information on our website about them. Um, Q&A. All right, right. first question. This is a 101 question right here. What is the difference between an account rep and a carrier rep? It's pretty simple. Um, Some brokerages have a model called cradle-to-grave, which means that broker will find the customer, get the load, Find a truck, dispatch the driver, get it delivered, right? They handle that load from cradle to grave. Some other companies will split these roles up into a sales side and a carrier or operation side, right? So the account rep manages the customer, quotes the customer, gets the load from the customer. The carrier rep finds a truck, negotiates rate, and dispatches the driver. The benefit in this model is that you have a more specialized person doing a more specialized job or role. Uh, possible downside is you have a lack of communication, but you can always work that out internally. You want to add anything to that one, Ben? No, it's basically the account rep, to your point, handles customer side, the actual shippers usually, and the you know carrier rep is the one covering the loads, dealing with the trucking side. It yeah. just splits the brokerage role between cradle to the grave is I manage all the relationships around me, and if I'm in the pod model or the other one, there is usually a human being that just handles the customers and another human being that just handles the carriers. And I will tell you this, if you're new in brokerage, um, you'll likely, and I recommend this, you'll likely start out on the carrier operation side before they let you start calling on customers. Because otherwise you won't know what the flip you're talking about when a customer asks you something trucking related and you have no idea. It's so like you talked about before, handing a customer off to um, a newer rep, it helps flex that muscle and build that strength in that specific role. So you learn the carrier side, you're going to understand capacity in the market and pricing in certain lanes and how to handle certain issues. Um, and then that kind of arms you and gets you more equipped to talk to customers and actually know what you're talking about. All right, next question. How do I handle a past due invoice? So I want to talk, um, I'll ask you for your, your opinion or experiences afterward, but I want to talk about some best practices when it comes to invoicing, right? Because uh, a past due invoice could happen for a variety of reasons. It could be that your customer is just slow to pay, but it also could happen because you have missing paperwork or they never got the invoice, it was sent to the wrong email address, they didn't know they had an invoice due. So you need to make sure you're doing what you can to give your customer all the information. So here's what we do, right? We make sure that every month we send out a, an aging report to all of our customers. They can see every single invoice that they have active with us. If it's current, how many days it's been, or if it's aged maybe 30 days or whatever, right? It's not a, hey, you're in trouble report. It's just a, hey, every month you're going to know that you're getting this report. It tells you exactly where you stand with us. And it lets them know quickly if anything's behind or what their average days to pay is and how they're doing. So that's what we do. Um, now, as far as if a customer is not paying right on time, 
or other past do. Um, I'm curious, what is your what, what what do you do in that situation? Then I'll tell you what what we do if you know as far as getting a hold of them about that invoice. But what's your what's your SOP? Pretty much exactly what you had kind of walked through is I first make sure it's not a communication error. So it's always, hey, this is this is the outstanding. So let us know if this matches up what you have. It's always, hey, just want to make sure you have the right information. Second yep. step is usually a phone call. If it's still outstanding, like, hey, have you gone through these? And usually you'll catch them somewhere in between those two. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, hey, go through them. And then my third step is, okay, like now we've like isolated it from the rest. Okay, so this one hasn't been paid. Is there a specific reason it hasn't been paid? Do you have the correct paperwork? And then once we get there, we've worked through every other, to what your point was, every other basically like innocent thing that could have gone wrong. Yep. And then you usually get to the final one. If there is a final one, which is, we don't have the capital to pay you right now, we're waiting to get paid. Yes. So, so one of the things that, that we started doing is, because um, we know if we live in a world of net 30, not everyone is going to pay in 30 days, right? They might pay in 35 or 40. So we started, based off of customer feedback, we started to, we still send our monthly aging report, but we wait until 45 days to reach out to that customer and inquire about it, right? It gives everyone a chance, that 15-day grace period where the first thing is, the, the broker knows that it's behind. They can try to figure it out. But if that if you get to that point and we haven't figured out if it was missing paperwork or sent to the wrong place, if it's 15 days past due now, now we're reaching out and saying, "Hey, what's going on? Is it a cash flow thing? Are you guys, you know, is it gonna? You guys are gonna send one big check out next month or whatever?" Uh, so we we try to err on the side of giving the customer the benefit of the doubt, right? Try to be as flexible as we can to bend without breaking. And there's risk in doing that, right? It affects your cash flow, but you know. I would say that's a really good policy, and I think overwhelming majority of these issues are usually resolved because it wasn't a money issue. It was usually there was a PO missing, the paperwork yep. wasn't correct, it didn't get to the right person, or it just got lost in their email. Any one of those reasons are usually why it's not paid. Yeah. But when you get to it, usually you find out if this customer has a cash flow issue. It's usually like something that is, you know, like systemic it's, it's going to be happening over and over again systemic yeah it's not going to be like uh oh they just had an and if it is a great but usually you kind of know the customers that aren't able to pay on time and then you just got to kind of work to see if that's again a customer yep. you want to continue working with so the you're right over, more than nine times out of ten this is you're absolutely right i think that the the major issues i've seen is these in-depth projects or loads that they need po number they need a reference number that they might not even have until that load delivers, right? So you gotta make sure you're updating your system so the accounting team is invoicing it properly. It, it could be a chassis number, a container number, a scale ticket, um, so many things, so many things. So get more efficient as a broker and manage your, your cradle to grave stuff better and you can help prevent that stuff. Last question, is it too late to prospect for Christmas tree loads? No, it's not. For this year or for next year, because someone's going to fall off of a load. I will tell you, I got my Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, Black Friday last week, right? Got my Christmas tree. My wife's a nut like that. Um, dude, they were they were telling us like they could not get trees in. They had like they were like twenty five percent full. They could not get trees delivered, and they were worried about not having enough to sell. So I did the same thing Friday, um, took family over, got our Christmas trees. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, I was like, have you been here? I'm like, because we get it from the same place. It's like right up the street. And I was like, 
I was like, were you here last year? The guy that was putting on my, my truck. And he was like, yeah. He's like, I've been here for a few years. And I was like, what's it been comparative to like last year? Like volume wise, what have you been running into? Because I was curious if it was exactly what you said. And he goes, I'll be honest. He's like, we're probably doing two to 300% the business we did last year. So you have a shortage of trucks and most people didn't celebrate Christmas last year as a family because of the right. pandemic. So this is the first year that like we're back to being able to gather. Yeah. So like the amount of people he was telling me that were buying more, multiple Christmas trees and just hadn't been there last year. You have an increased demand and you have a shortage of supply of trucks. Like, cause to your point, there's only two ways to find a customer, right? You call ahead of time and you build rapport or you happen to call them on a day that somebody else drops the ball or they really need help and they're willing yep. to give you a shot. And both yep. of those things can work in this scenario. So there you go. You can prospect for current loads right now, and you can also you can plant the seed for next year. So good stuff. Um, to, to recap here, what we got coming down the pipeline, a nice TMS episode next week, uh, DAT webinar on the 15th of December, and uh, Trey from Lean coming on that next week as well. So good stuff to wrap up the year here. Uh, I'm excited, man. We got... Uh, Anything else coming up the pipeline? Some We're going to be doing another episode with either Dean or Ken, either this December or early into January on the economic recap on what the market looked like. Ken did it last year for us on what he expected 2021 to look like. So we can either have him or Dean on and see how they fared in their predictions versus where we ended up this year. Yeah. So kind of like how we just talked about goal setting. We'll see how mm -hmm. accurate Mr. Adamo, Ken Adamo was. Probably, you know, like we said before, a meteorologist and economist, right? They're allowed to be wrong and still have their job. But anyway, yeah. welcome to December, everybody. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts here, Ben? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net. And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.